Our first scripture reading is from the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 15 to 16, and 19 to 21. Then the Lord told him, Go back the same way you came, and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, there anoint Haziel to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Dimshi, to be king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel, Maholah, to replace you as my prophet. So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah, and said to him, First, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, Go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. Would you please stand for the reading of the responsive psalm, which is psalm number uh, 16. Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my master. Everything I have comes from you. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. I will bless the Lord who guides me even at, at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is No wonder my heart is glad, and I rejoice. My body rests in safety. For we will not leave my soul among the dead, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. You may be seated. The reading from Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 and 13 through 25. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. 
love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And the Gospel reading is found in Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 62. As the time drew near for him to ascend to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He sent messengers ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. But the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. When James and John saw this, they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven to burn them up? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. So they went on to another village. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in, and birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. He said to another person, Come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first, let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me go and say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. The passage this morning that I have uh, chosen to preach on is from Galatians. And 
These, of course, are our weekly lessons from the Revised Common Lectionary. Paul is addressing a congregation that's having a difficult time. In fact, it's so difficult that he had to take time out to write a letter to them so that they might hear what he has to say as an apostle. He begins in chapter five and he says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So that in Christ, people are free. And all of us might ask, what does that mean? Well, Paul means this as a foil to sort of contrast the old nature to the new. Someone might say, well, what does that mean? Well, one of the themes in Paul's theology is that there is the old man and the new man. The old man, the person that Paul was prior to coming to Christ, was certainly much different than the Paul who followed Christ. He contrasts these in his own way. Paul would often say that the old Paul was vindictive and mean. He persecuted Christians. He was not worthy of the name Christian. It reminds me of what Karl Barth said about ministers. Karl Barth said that God is so great that he can even save a minister. And that's how Paul understood his grace that came to him in Jesus Christ. This grace was able to lead him from spiritual bondage in the destructive power of human behavior and nature into the freedom that is in Jesus Christ, this new life, this way of being that is far different than the way of the world. The Galatians, it says, have been falling to the siren call of their old ways, the ways of the flesh. All of us, all of us do this from time to time. I'll tell you a little story about myself, and I don't talk a lot about myself, but only if it has something to do directly with the text, and, and this does. All of us have uh, little naughty secrets. I love to play hockey. I, I used to love, and I'm also a Montreal Canadian fan, and I make no apologies for that. <laughs> but I used to play a lot of hockey, and I can remember one night in Negawak that there was this particularly large fellow that kept hacking at me all night long. And I said to myself, well, Johnny, you're a Christian, so be patient. So I was patient for the first two periods. And I said to myself, after the third slash on my wrist, I said, if he does that one more time, I'm gonna drop my gloves. And this guy, I'm 200 pounds, but this guy had to be six feet and 250 pounds. And I said, I don't care if I do get myself put on the ice. Sure enough, down in, in his corner, he slashed my arms. 
my wrist. And we have at it. I end up with a, a chewed up lip and uh, he has a black eye. And I thought, you know, here's the problem. I I'm a minister, <laughs> right? So this isn't just, you know, one of the people. I'm thinking now I've got to face my session, <laughs> right? I got to go back and I got to face my session and, and they're going to tear a strip off me because they're up in the stands. They're watching this debacle. But in my own way, I said, I don't care. I'm going to face the music and I'm going to press on. Well, one of the older session members said to me, he said, young fellow, he said, a young minister makes many mistakes and, and you made a mistake. And, and that was the chastisement I got from my session. And I remember walking into Tim Hortons in Negawak the next day with my collar on, with my fat lip, and over in the corner was this large RCMP officer with a black eye. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly I felt better. <laughs> all of us, all of us sometimes pursue the ways of the flesh, the old man. It rivals us. You know, Paul would go on and, and, and he would say in one scripture, he would say, when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. The good I want to do, I don't do, but the evil I don't want to do, that is what I do. What a wretched man am I. Paul, however, continues on and he says, here's the contrast then between the old and the new. He said, if you want to know the old man, the old John, the old whoever, look for certain things and you'll see them emerge. You'll see behaviors like discord and hatred and dissensions and factions and fits of rage. Those are the behaviors of the old man. Those are the behaviors of those who are not listening to the spirit. These are contrasted to the new man. Serve one another humbly in love for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's a story, and I have reason to believe it's true, that in the Second World War, they still, from time to time, used mules to carry supplies. And after the people, the first soldiers had got off the beaches, they began to send in the mules with their supplies and the things <laughs> necessary to get off the beaches and as the mules hit the water they became very frightened and before they got off the beach they broke their leads and they began to run back into the water and as they scattered hither and yon back into the channel the master was afraid he was going to lose them 
So he took out his bugle and he blew it and the mules reformed and came back to the beach. So this is part of our sermon this morning. It's hearing the clarion call of Jesus who calls us to live in the spirit that we might love our neighbors and do good. The spirit is in the acts of love so that conflict is not lost when we choose a path of service to one another. The crucified Christ dwells within us by the spirit. That's a teaching of the reformed faith. We carry around within us the life of Christ as given by the Spirit. If the crucified Christ dwells within us, we live by the Spirit in the new person. Let us reflect on Christ, fall in love with our God and center our minds once again in the calling of reformed Christians. You know, there is no struggle that we encounter that changes this. I'm not saying that all of us are superhuman beings. Goodness knows all of us struggle. All of us are little strugglers. Whether you be 85 years old or 50 years old like myself or 20 years old or 15 years old, all of us struggle. We all struggle between the new and the old. And that's okay. We're, we're human beings. We're not superhuman because we follow Christ. So we have to struggle in the spirit. And the spirit has given us spiritual gifts to exercise, to have. And Paul lists them there, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It is here in these things, these are attributes of God, believe it or not, these are attributes of God, these are not things that all of us contain in any measure of our, of our own. So we will always struggle to acquire the mind of God. To do these things, to employ these spiritual gifts of the spirit is impossible for us to do in perfection. Again, these are the spiritual gifts of God. But we have them in part. And as we follow the Lord, we will have them more and more. Maybe never fully, but more and more. We are called to make every effort also to have the mind of Christ. What is the mind of Christ? To humble ourselves, to become willing to serve one another even in death. 
That's what Paul said to one of the churches that was struggling with the meaning of grace. He humbled himself and was obedient even to the cross. Even in death, Jesus submitted his will to the will of the Father so that we, in turn, might be saved. Friends, today, it would be simple of me or simplistic of me to ignore why I'm here. I'm not here because everything is going well. I am here because you are all struggling. That's okay. It's okay to struggle. But as we struggle, let us keep in mind always that we're called to exercise these gifts. Let's be gentle and let's have self-control. Let's love one another. Let's be patient. You see, the opposite of these things, these gifts, are hostility, quarreling, and jealousy, and outbursts of anger, and selfish ambition, dissension, division, and envy. I know you people. I've heard of you people since becoming a minister. You've always been one of the leading churches. The presbytery has always looked to St. Andrews, and they will again. But let us focus now on the gifts of the Spirit so that we might not completely lose our way, but we might find in Jesus Christ our way. One of the things that I learned in closing is this. Some people say, you know, faith is, is a searchlight. It's like a searchlight. Well, you know, our, our faith is, is Calvin, John Calvin would say is, is weak and it's tottering and our faith will fall over at the slightest problem if it wasn't propped up by the word and by the sacraments. Our faith is never strong. We all will go our own way from time to time. But I believe the Spirit is more like a candle, guiding us and guiding our faith. We only see two or three steps ahead of us. So looking to the end is impossible. We need to pay attention now to what's in front of us. So be patient with me. Be kind. I will be patient and kind in turn. And in gentleness and in self-control, all of us will walk together and we will find our way. May the peace of Jesus Christ rest and remain upon you. 
now and forever. Amen.